Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, y'all, I know the fantasy season has come to an end, but this is the perfect time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level. Epson just hooked your boy up with the new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch Silver Flex screen. And I'm telling you, it's an absolute game changer. With an Epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. I would know I had one of those in my old setup and you know i love scouting prospects for the nfl draft so with this new 4k pro uhd picture this big it can elevate the way that i evaluate prospect game film like never before to learn more visit epson.com forward slash wake up again that's epson.com forward slash wake up and like epson says bring the sportsbook experience home This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstrike Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the overreaction podcast i am chase with me as always my man cody we got episode one on the books of the podcast man it's finally here finally here man we've been waiting on this one got the news a couple weeks back and we've been planning what we're gonna do for our first episode we got a great time to be dropping our first episode our pilot episode here on the overreaction podcast because it is the new league year as of the date that we are dropping fantastic way to kick it off under the destination debbie platform incredible that we are even able to be mentioned here for us to be on this platform for you all to be listening to us incredible opportunity you got to give all the thanks to the guys over there on the dd team yeah, man. Big shout out to Ray for for the opportunity and, and putting us on. We've been members of the Heisman community for over a year now. You know, you and I have been doing uh, our own YouTube channel at uh, the Fantasy Draft Room. So we've been doing po- you know different pods and things like that over there, dropping videos and content. This has been a huge opportunity for us. So big shout out to Ray. Hands down, the best fantasy football community to be a part of is Destination Devi. The greatest minds, patreon.com forward slash all gas. If you are not tapped in, you are missing out. I mean, from Ray and Jay, we got Scott Connor, we got Eric Vanek. You know, we have the 4D guys with Adam and Mike uh, from South Harmon, of course. Don't forget, you know, Gene and Ike. I mean, 
everyone, everyone over there in that community does an incredible job. Yeah, they're absolutely fantastic over there. It's where we've learned a lot of our dynasty strategies as well. So we'll be picking up a lot of things from them. But, you know, we do also have our own spin to things. We have our own way that we like to dynasty. You and I pretty much dynasty pretty similarly in the in the terms of just how we like to do our startups. Typically like to go a little bit older, a little bit crustier and try to win those leagues year one. But we'll, we'll get into all of that, the strategy, the game theory later on at a different time. But hey, man, we, we've got the free agency news. We got to start there for yeah. our first episode. Yeah, man, no no better way to roll out things with uh, with some legal tampering, right? Uh, of course, all these deals have started to go down and uh, we're, you know, we'll jump into that. Of course, there was some big news last week that has kind of impacted the fantasy landscape right now. Uh, obviously, the Bears traded the number one overall pick to Carolina in return for the ninth, the 61st, a 24 first, 25 second and the one and only dj moore so the bears actually have a number one wide receiver now uh they have picks and, and things like that to put around put pieces around justin fields along with darnell mooney cole Komet. how do you feel about this trade as a whole for both sides and and the fantasy impact that this is going to uh to lay out for us yeah man it feels like you forgot a good chunk of the deal because it's would Seem like Caroline would probably get a couple things back with sending away a number one wide receiver for the team, <laughs> two firsts and two seconds. But uh, no, it's just the 101 that they get back. I I don't like this deal at all for Carolina. You just don't go giving away wide receivers like that. Uh, like, like the Bengals GM said, if you want a wide receiver, we're not trading T. Higgins. Go find your own. That is how... I think the Carolina Panthers should have treated this situation. I think they overpaid for this pick. Seems like they're already saying that they're content with moving back from this pick. So maybe they were just trying to use it to get the leverage. But I don't think that's going to happen at this point anymore. I think the deal is done. You're set in stone. you got to make the pick now is from what I'm seeing. But don't like the trade at all. But for the Bears, you get a really good asset in DJ Moore. You get the picks. You move back. You can probably still get one of the two best defensive tackles in this class, potentially Jalen Carter falling all the way to the ninth with his situation going on right now. Love this trade for the Bears, man. And it can only mean stocks up for Justin Fields. Yeah, it feels like uh, this is a really good move for Justin Fields, right? Uh, DJ Moore, it feels like you know we know what he is in fantasy. You know, he's always had a really high air yards, really high target share. And I don't know how much that can improve necessarily, how much his opportunity can improve, especially with a low passing volume. But he's going to be a wide receiver, too, it feels like. Um, you know, we'll see how Justin Fields progresses as a, as a passer, how this offense shifts uh, with actually having weapons. So maybe there is some sort of a uh, little bump for DJ Moore. But at this point, it feels pretty much standard, you know, yeah, he does have the best quarterback he's going to be playing with ever. So so Justin Fields is going to be throwing in the ball. Sounds good. Uh, I want to see what that looks like. I know that's not necessarily uh, what you want to do is just wait and see. But I don't really see the upside for DJ Moore cracking top eight necessarily in fantasy production. Uh, but he's a damn good wide receiver. That's for sure. So uh, really like that. Uh, landing spot more or less for Justin Fields and, and what his potential fantasy upside could be going forward. 
Right. I'm with you. I think DJ Moore still probably sits into that, you know, 16 ish wide receiver overall off the board in terms yeah. of dynasty ranking. I don't think he really moves much for me. I made the joke, whatever it first came out, that it sounds like he almost just got traded from Siberia to Kamchatka. Like this offense last year was like <laughs> historically bad for the last 16 years or something like that. They haven't had, there was no offensive passing that was worse than the Bears were last year. Now, will that go up? It has to go, the rate, passing rate has to go up. But it's still Justin Fields. He was really bad with efficiency last year in terms of you know accuracy and all of that. We'll see if this helps him. He obviously didn't play with a very good wide receiving core last year. Now he gets wide receiver one, so we'll see if he can take the next steps. Yeah, and they got the number nine pick, the, the 61 as well. Uh, who knows if they trade back, maybe they end up taking a wide receiver as well. Just surround fields with weapons. Uh, I feel like they need some offensive line help, obviously in free agency, I guess with the, the tampering period. Um, they did uh, end up getting some O-line help for Justin Fields. Still think they need more. That, that was an, an atrocious offensive line. So that might be a possible uh, pick there at nine. But hey, you know, it gives them opportunities to improve. Um, it can only be good for that offense and for that team uh, unless they mess up the picks. So, yeah, uh, big, big bang to start off the weekend prior to tampering opening up. And any last things you want to touch on on, on this trade or should we just roll into uh, to the free agent deals we have so far? No, I think we got a lot to cover here. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of breakdowns on what this means for both of them. So go check those out all across Destination Devi if you need more information there. But we got to kick off with our free agency period, man. Yeah, and you know, let's just stick with wide receivers since DJ Moore moved. Uh, there really wasn't a lot of action. You know, it sounds like it was just Robert Woods going to the Texans for a two-year, $15.25 million deal with 10 guaranteed. Yeah, the Texans needed some some wide receiver help. So uh, there you go, Robert Woods. I think he's 31 now. And good luck. He can yeah. hang out with, uh, with Brandon Cooks. He, he looked like he had been through the washers last year, yeah. and we'll see if he can you know maybe take the offseason to recover. But I think this is a little bit too much guaranteed money to be throwing at Robert Woods as me as a Texans fan. But he, you know the quarterback that's going to be coming in does need help. The wide receiver room needed extra bodies in there. Robert Woods is a good vet. Possibly, you know, he'll fill in Brandon Cooks if Brandon Cooks does decide to leave in, in his and force his way out via, tr via a trade. Robert Woods is a good fill-in piece, so like what he could potentially be there more for the NFL team than your fantasy teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have zero interest in him for fantasy, at least at this point. If I have him on my roster, maybe I'll hold him in a best ball format, but he's not someone I'm looking to, to start um, or make any trades for. The other only notable signing was Sterling Shepard going back to the Giants on a $1.3 million deal, so basically the vet minimum. Um, again, doesn't move the needle. You know, the, the big thing that we've noticed so far is, you know, Jacoby Myers, Juju, uh, Thielen, Odell, Alan Lazard, really, really quiet. DJ Chark, just really, really quiet on the wide receiver front. Any idea why? I think it's just the contracts that these wide receivers are asking for. You know, a lot of the teams, after we saw the Christian Kirk deal go down last year, the wide receiver market got completely shifted up. And I don't know if the GMs this year are willing to pay DJ Chark a $17 million deal for two years. I mean, it just seems like an overpay, especially what these tight ends are getting in their, in their deals, what the running backs especially are getting. We'll, we'll get into some of them who have signed here as of recently. But I think I think they're just kind of holding out on these wide receivers. Yeah, it feels like, uh, th th like you said, they're asking for a lot of money, but I, 
Jacoby Myers shouldn't command 20 million, but he'll probably get close to that. He's probably going to get that Christian Kirk type deal. Um, yeah, man, Odell Beckham has had some interest as well. He had his tryout, and apparently he's in talks with several teams. Uh, the Giants, or not the Giants, well, I guess the Giants are one of them, but the Cowboys were another one that were brought up as well. They're also looking at Antonio Brown. So we're going to see a lot of movement. Again, we're recording this Monday night, so we should see some movement on this by Wednesday uh, when the official free agency and new league year opens. But right now, it's just a... It's real quiet for those wide receivers. So we'll we'll see how this shakes out. See who the first bitten like big name is, quote unquote. Um, there's some, none of the names are big. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, it's a it's a really really just you know devoid of talent class. Uh, you know there are good NFL players, but as far as fantasy, you got maybe five to ten that you're like, oh yeah, I guess I could uh, see myself have you know rostering these guys, but uninspiring to say the least. Yep, just a bunch of best ball dart throws for the majority of them. A couple guys who will command some money. Otherwise, we can pretty much move on from here. Yeah, so running back landscape, uh, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, they both got tagged at Saquon Barkley as well. Uh, Sounds like the only one that's actually working on an extension is Saquon. The other two are going to have to be playing on their $10 million tags and hope for the best. Again, Tony Pollard uh, coming off his foot surgery, Josh Jacobs coming off of 400 carries. That is not happening again. I feel like this is going to be a Josh Jacobs. Uh, I don't want to call it a rest year, but he's definitely not going to put his body on the line like he did in uh, 2022. Um, yeah, I mean, the Raiders are going to ask him to. It's just how long will that body actually hold up? I don't think he's pushing through those painful injuries. And, you know, that knee gets a little bit of a tweak and it might not be all right. Let's suit up, go back out there and keep grinding for another 22 touches today might be hey i'm gonna need a week or two here so we'll see not trying to predict injury on jacobs or anything like that but we have seen a rate of injuries coming off of 400 plus touch seasons it's bound to happen it's not bound to happen but there's a good likelihood that he's not going to be a running back one overall repeat back-to-back years yeah, that's a rarity. You know, we, we talk about in fantasy, there's a about 60% turnover on RB1s. So RB1 through 12 every single year. There's about a 60% turnover rate. So that basically is going to give you eight of the top 12 this year will not be in the top 12 next year, if I did my math right. Close. <laughs> so close enough. That was 75%. But yeah, so like six to seven, right? Um, so there's going to be that turnover and it could be Jacobs. It's going to be because some of these guys are coming back from injury, whether that be Brees Hall, we're going to have new guys in the league like B. John Robinson. So that's going to push some of these guys down the board as well. But it's just a, a tough position to take a gamble on. I mean, when it comes to fantasy with Pollard and Jacobs in particular, what are you doing with them in Dynasty? I mean, they're guys that if they're on my roster, I think I'm comfortable rolling them back out there again. I think they're going to be good fantasy assets. Like you said, we're probably not going to see that number one running back overall season from them again, but they're definitely going to be integral parts of your team. They're probably going to be your back end RB1, RB2s this year. Hopefully, if they can kind of repeat the seasons that they had this year. As far as going out and trading for them, I mean, they're going into now their second contracts, and we've seen what the running back market is right now. These older running backs are just kind of getting phase out they're not getting 10 million dollar contracts people are asking them to take pay cuts and the running backs don't want to but the market just isn't there anymore man the nfl teams have kind of gone with 
you know, the strategy of, hey, you're kind of just replaceable to us. We can pay some guy off the street a million five instead of you $14 million, as we'll see with some of these contracts that we'll mention later on. They're just going to go with the cheap guy and the replaceable asset that they think the running back position is. Kind of sucks for these guys, but that's the that's the name of the game in the NFL currently. Yeah, I mean, when when day one of tampering opens up and the most notable running back signing is Matt Breida for a one-year deal going back to the Giants for like, what, $2.25 million, $2.5 million. Like that is the that is the highlight of running back free agency day one. Craig Reynolds resigned with the Lions. Woohoo! Mike Boone went to Houston. Like these running backs just aren't getting paid. So when you when you have guys like Jacobs wanting a big deal, guys like Tony Pollard who just had the best season of his career. Obviously, the foot injury kind of marred some of that towards the end as far as what his free agent hopefuls would have been. These teams just don't want to pay running back. They're they're going to pay them their ten million guarantee. Be like, there you go. That's what you earned, and we're going to ride you one more year, and then let you go off into free agency if you survive again. Yeah, you're basically going to be playing on one year contracts from now on if you want any sort of guaranteed money, either playing under the tag or just saying, hey, I I don't want the long I don't need the long term security. Just give me a one year ten million dollar deal for some of these guys who are like those first round talents, the first round draft picks of yesteryear. That's basically what you're going to be playing under if you want any type of guaranteed money as a running back anymore, it feels like. I mean, that's what P. Ryan does from Cincinnati. He just takes those one-year deals every single year, and until the end of time, Samaj P. Ryan is just going to take a one-year deal and roll with it. Don't know where it's going to be, what it's going to be, but that's that's just what he does. Um, so, so yeah, that's something that we're going to see more often, and I, I'm really, really intrigued over the next couple of days here um, to see if there's any running back movement or if any of these guys are if these guys are just asking for too much money. I mean, we have David Montgomery, you know, Miles Sanders. Jamal Williams is the most notable name that anyone has even remotely talked about. It had, there's been like no smoke around anybody. Jamal is, is you know, has suitors, the Lions want him back, the Bills sound like they want him. I think Carolina was interested in him. So there are names that are interested in Jamal, but again, at what cost to the organization? With this running back class that we have in 2023, these teams really do look at it and say, hey, we can find somebody on a you know second, third, fourth round, you know, rookie deal and not have to pay you the five to six million dollars that you guys are asking for. Like I is anyone gonna make eight million dollars? You think you think anyone in free agency is gonna make eight million? Sanders coming off his big year, Monty. It's not even really free agency, but like Saquon, if he works out a long-term yeah, extension yeah. with the Giants He's, for like three years and they front load the hell out of it and give him like 10 mil a year guaranteed, um, <laughs> it's probably not even going to be fully guaranteed like that. That's about the only one I can see. All of these other guys, you're yeah. probably looking at like $5 million deals. Yeah, and that's exactly what it feels like. It's it's like, hey, they're just sending out contracts to these free agents. First come, first serve. If you don't like the offer we'll find somebody else out here. Um, so it, it's a very, very interesting running back market. And, and for multiple reasons, as I mentioned, the 2023 class is deep at running back. So if some of these guys do start to sign, if you start to see Jamal or Donta Foreman or, you know, Raheem Mostert get another job or, you know, McKinnon, any of these guys start to resign, it doesn't mean their job is safe. 
Like these, this class will come in. These teams know they need running back. So like if we can start getting some signings here in the next couple of days um, at the running back position that are of fantasy note, I'm looking at my fantasy rosters and seeing where I can flip them before these teams add to the backfield. Uh, it's a it's a scary situation when it comes to owning a lot of running backs right now. And I'm looking for every opportunity I can to get out. Because if you can get out for a second or a third or multiple thirds, things like that, you're going to be able to buy back into a lot of these guys. And so I think that's something to keep in mind. Even if they survive, you're going to be able to buy back in at pretty much the same price you're selling for if you want to. Again, you won't do it in the same league, but you can do it in different leagues and, and buy your Jamal Williams back. You know, name a free agent running back and you can buy Monty back. Like it's yep. going to happen. Yep. A lot of these mid tier guys, you know, you just don't have the the long-term value held there anymore. If it looks like there's stability in a running back room and for one of your mid-tier running back guys, like a running back two, running back three, that's probably your best opportunity to be flipping these guys because they are probably going to get at least somebody brought in to compete with them to take away touches. It's committee backfields across the league, except for in like four or five, six places anymore. And I think even those guys, even like Henry, uh, we'll see if he we'll see if he can run out the rest of his career being a main bell cow back we'll see if Bijan comes in and he's actually a bell cow back i mean it's i know it's what we all want what we all project at this point i think it's still definitely a possibility especially if he's taken in the first round but any of these guys anymore man they just they get the workload split between them i mean speaking of lead backs over the past few years i mean leonard fournette uh he's supposed to be cut by the time you're listening to this so he should be cut wednesday before the end of day one um, so before the end of, of the day on the 15th, he has an $8 million cap hit or 8.5 with five mil dead cap. He's going to be a free agent. So you're just going to add to the free agency pool. And then you have names like Dalvin cook, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, who are our trade candidates. I mean, we heard Austin Eckler, at, you know, requests a trade. He is making $6.25 million this year on the last year of his deal. So you get it. Like you totally understand why he wants some more money. But if there's they're having like that contentious of a, you know, negotiation where he's like, hey, you're not going to pay me more. I'm out like it, it's, it's just wild how yeah. these teams are treating running back, even the good ones. Yeah, they've got a Justin Herbert contract to look forward to. They can't True. be guaranteeing yeah. money to a running back three years out from now and restructuring his deal and extending him. They know that they they've got other cap spaces that they got to save open for. You know, guys like your quarterback, you got you got to pay them, and they're gonna be they're gonna be a large percentage of that cap. Mm -hmm. So, paying you know twenty eight year old Austin Eckler until he's thirty years old just doesn't seem like the most financially sound decision for a lot of these teams anymore. Yeah, so it's gonna be really interesting to to kind of follow, and I feel like that is where the uh, running back market is stalling. Is typically you see the bigger names go first. You know, the the main teams that are looking at running back they want to get their themselves the big names. You know, it seems like Dalvin Cook, um, they tried to re, uh, restructure his contract. He wasn't having it. He has a $14 million cap hit with $6 million dead cap. So if they cut him, he still gets $6 million from from the Vikings. And I, I feel confident in saying he should be able to find about an $8 million deal on, on the free agency market if he gets cut. Joe Mixon, $12.7 million uh, cap hit for this year with 5.5 dead. Again, he can probably find himself a five to to seven million dollar deal. We'll see. Um, he he's a one I'm a little less confident in. And then Austin Eckler, uh, that 
that was a shocker for me. I, I, I felt like he was a guy that was going to stick around in, in LA, find a deal team friendly and, and just get some sort of ext- extension with a, a signing bonus that makes him happy. Cause he has been playing on a, a very, very team friendly deal for the production he's been putting up in that offense. Yeah, he is on a team friendly deal, but we'll see if he's, you know, if he's able to garner his own market. We, yeah. We've seen how these other free agent running backs have been, you know, they're stalling out right now. We'll see if we have any deals inked by Wednesday. But Austin Eckler's got to actually give a team to give him a new deal and send capital over to the Chargers for him to get out of that situation <laughs> and get on a new deal. I don't know. I think he ends up being still with the Chargers by the end of this free agency period. What about the other running backs here? I mean, Leonard Fournette sounds like he's for sure getting cut based on what we've heard uh, from the GM. Do you think Dalvin and, and Minnesota work it out? You think he's still playing in Minnesota? Because there there are teams looking at that at Dalvin, Joe Mixon in particular. Buffalo might be a good fit for some of these guys. Lions maybe. Like, what do you think about those two? Yeah, it does sound like Leonard Fournette's going to go. Joe Mixon, we don't know with just the Cincinnati Bengals track record. They yeah. they do pay their guys the contracts that they're on. They hardly ever eat the dead cap. I know it's only like, I think they have like $9 million in savings if they do cut them. So if they want to add some defensive pieces, maybe they do go ahead and break their mold and actually do it. But they have a pretty good relationship with their players. That's an interesting one there. I'm, I'm not sure. That one's about, say, like a 60% chance that he stays for me right now in Cincinnati. And then Dalvin Cook. I think he eventually might get cut. Um, I think he might be a surprise cut candidate. Again, we know the trade market for these running backs isn't going to be very high. Are the are the Minnesota Vikings good enough with just taking? Hey, like we'll give you a fourth round for Dalvin Cook. Like that sounds wa- absolutely wild to say loud, but I just don't think the trade market's going to be there. So I think if they want out of his contract and they want to save the eight million, they're probably just going to have to cut him at the end. And and the Vikings GM has been has been making moves. He's he he has no problem kind of cleaning out the old and bringing in the new. Um, you know, and all of these guys are from that 2017 class. They're all 27 years old. So very very interesting free agency market uh, for the running back position. I, I'm super excited to see how this pans out and you know the impact that it's going to have in fantasy. So we'll, we'll we'll kind of get things on. Any last things on the running backs before we jump into tight end? No, I think we did miss on mention Mike Boone to the Houston Texans on a two-year, $2.6 guaranteed million-dollar deal. Hey, he is actually the second-best running back on the Texans currently. Like, there's there's a world in which he could actually have fantasy relevance if they don't really bring in anybody else as of now. So, got to mention the name. He is there. He Like, they're going to split work with Pierce. So, whichever guy is the running back to there, Mike Boone might actually be fantasy relevant for a good amount of weeks next year. I don't think it's very likely right now. I think they probably no. do draft somebody and, you know, Mike Boone's playing a little bit of a third fiddle role here, but he's there. Got to mention it. And then Naeem Hines and Alvin Kamara restructured their deals to stay with their teams. Uh, Alvin Kamara, we don't have any of the reports about that one. And then Naeem Hines was on a zero dead cap. So if he didn't restructure or zero dead cap, if he didn't restructure, he was going to be cut. And so he took a little bit of a pay cut to stay with Buffalo. Yep. Um, all makes sense. You know, the, again, if you can stick with your team, a lot of these guys are going to try and resign on on team friendly deals, most likely, or restructure their contracts so they don't get cut. Uh, so they aren't part of this free agent pool. So uh, smart move by Naheem Hines. Uh, yep. Tight end class here, Evan Ingram tech by the Jaguars. Very quiet outside of Juwan Johnson getting a re up deal for two years, twelve million, eight point five guaranteed. 
good deal for Jawan Johnson. You know, excited to see what he can do with Derek Carr in that offense. Uh, he was a kind of a relative unknown going into the year. Everyone was was really excited about Troutman and Jawan Johnson. Put him to shame. Have no need for Troutman there in, in New Orleans, and uh, he is tight end one with the Saints. Yeah, I mean, unless you're forgetting about Taysom Hill, you know, he's, oh, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, that okay. dual eligibility. But no, I actually think with the way this team worked last year, I mean, Juwan Johnson was their tight end one. Uh, Taysom yeah. Hill really only had fantasy relevance whenever he was playing the quarterback position. So I guess we'll see how fantasy platforms go ahead moving with him and what his position is going to be as they have to change that. It feels like every single year, every give him dual year. eligibility or switch him to a quarterback or switch him to tight end only. Just Crazy what the Saints do with Taysom Hill, but good for Jawan Johnson. Balled out last year, got an extension on his deal instead of being a restricted free agent. And then the Evan Ingram deal, it does sound like they're trying to work out a long-term extension, but Jacksonville has also been rumored to be looking at tight ends in the draft as well. We'll see which way they go. I think they end up do they probably end up drafting somebody behind him just in case if they don't get that deal done by the time we get to the draft. Yeah, I could definitely see that. You know, again, one year deal. Happy to have him back in Jacksonville. Doug Peterson loves his tight ends, and we saw how well that worked for him last year. Zero concerns about him for fantasy. Really, really excited about his future. Um, he, he's done it before. He can do it again. Uh, again, it's, it's tight end. So I, I do hope he figures out a long term deal just for for his sake, because it seems like it's a really good fit. Um, other free agents of of note still are on the board. Really, not a lot of rumors with you know Dalton Schultz, Mike Gesicki, Irv Smith, you know Foster Moreau. But uh, you know those are the big fantasy names we're waiting to come off the board. We did have some Andrew Beck and Chris Manhurt signings of two years each, six and six point two five million respectively. One. The Andrew Beck went to your Houston Texans and Chris Mannerts went to my Denver Broncos. So two most active teams in free agency uh, got themselves some backup tight ends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're probably not back. They're, they're blocking tight ends. That's what they yeah. are. They're going to be they're going to be on the field, but they're not going to be fantasy relevant more than likely. Although Andrew Beck, like the Texans don't have Aikens back. And if you're still holding on to the hype of Brevin Jordan, I think that one's that ship's just about sailed. And so, again, same as Mike Boone, he's probably the best or second best tight end on the Houston Texans roster, but probably don't expect that to go forward long term as the best one there. Yeah, uh, agreed. I'm sure they'll either draft someone or bring someone else in. That's just, and I don't even know if I'd want the Texans tight end, uh, to be honest with you. Aikens had some good weeks, but Aikens <laughs> yeah. is much more receiving tight end than Andrew Beck. So. That's I think we can skip great. past those two. Jonu Smith was another one that got brought up during this period. He was traded to the Falcons for a seventh round pick. And while that might sound low, it sounds like he was going to be a cap casualty for the New England Patriots anyway. They were going to use the post-June 1 cut tag on him and get off the get that contract off the book, spread it out over the next two years. But John, who came to them, said, hey, I actually want to go to the Atlanta Falcons, be reunited with the coach down there. And so he also said he's going to restructure their deal and they're be open to restructuring his deal and take a little bit less money to go to his favorite destination and be reunited with his head coach. Yeah, I, this doesn't change anything for me in fantasy. You know, everyone, we, we got all sucked into the fact that he signed a, a big money deal with New England and it just didn't pan out up there. Uh, it He had flashes where you could see how he was either misused or 
it just, he just didn't seem like himself, right? I'm really excited for him to go back to Atlanta. I have zero fantasy impact in my mind, especially with Kyle Pitts still on the roster. Um, he's a good blocking tight end. Again, getting reunited with uh, uh, with his old offensive coordinator, now head coach in Atlanta. And yeah, I, do you care? Best ball dart throw in heavy, okay. heavy premiums, two tight end leagues. Yeah, he's <laughs> rosterable. One tight end leagues, I legitimately probably wouldn't even have him rostered. Uh, outside of a Kyle Pitts injury, I don't know if they're going. Mean, maybe they start running those like the two tight end sets, splitting them out wide. But it's going to be Pitts. It's going to be Drake London. The offense is going to run through those two. Really, don't have much fantasy relevance for Johnu Smith unless, like we said, two tight end leagues, one point seven five tight end plus premium. Those are really the only places I even really want to be rostering Johnny Smith as of now. Yeah, a lot more NFL teams are using two tight sets now. Um, Kyle Pitts again is is a, a monster split out, so they could use him in line and let you know Pitts split out. Lots of different things they can do with this offense. So it's more a really good football move for the Atlanta Falcons. They made some really good deals on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, but since we're keeping to fantasy, you know, that's that's pretty much the only uh, one of note for them. But hey, you know, good good for Janu. Hopefully he's happy. Maybe a, a fresh start is what he needs. Yep. And then just to wrap up the tight end position, we did have Hunter Long of the Miami Dolphins. Everybody's kind of like Debbie Darling, the high Raz guy who has his one career catch over his first two or three years in the league. It's traded to the Rams in the Jalen Ramsey deal. We're not going to touch on that side of things because it doesn't matter for fantasy, but Hunter Long over to the Rams. He's going to be behind Higby. I don't really see much of a path forward for Hunter Long, but if you want to hold on to the hope and throw him on the end of that best ball roster that's 40 deep, or again, those (laughs) 1.75 tight end premium two tight end leagues, you can go and throw on some Hunter Long. Yeah, I I, I really wanted to look this up. Like, he had one catch. That's insane. <laughs> um, last thing here to wrap up, tight end Josh Oliver. Three-year, $21 million, 10.75 guaranteed. Uh, Josh Oliver signs with the Minnesota Vikings to replace Irv Smith in that offense. Uh, Josh Oliver was the best blocking tight end in football last year. So uh, gives gives Hawkinson an opportunity to have more of a role in the pass catching game and uh, keep Josh Oliver in line again, more, more teams using two tight sets, give him that, you know, quote unquote, sixth offensive line uh, lineman out there and yeah, see what happens. So good, good deal for him. I mean, when yeah, Josh Oliver team. is getting $21 million. It makes you wonder what the heck's going on at running back. Like <laughs> It's kind of freaking crazy. Yeah, seven and then 10, 10 and a half, 10.75 guaranteed. Ugh. Like running backs would kill for that contract right now. Yeah. Even guys like Dalvin Cook, like Dalvin Cooks would be asked to take a pay cut to that deal if you wanted to stay with the Minnesota Vikings right now. Mm-hmm. And they would probably, they still might not sign that. Like that's just wild, but it's the landscape we're in, man. Yeah, man. And and the moment we've all been waiting for, right? The, the quarterbacks quarterbacks have finally figured you know kind of started to shake out on this landscape a lot of them too yeah like leading into free agency or leading into the tampering period you know daniel jones uh, ended up getting his deal done for four years 160 million dollars uh they there are incentives that can bump it up to 200 million but it is essentially a two-year 82 million dollar deal right so uh as far as the guarantees go if things don't work out there is an out 
it is team friendly in that aspect as well. But if he performs, he can get paid. Uh, Jimmy G went to the Raiders for three years, 72.8. And again, essentially two year deal, 48.5, you know, million dollars uh, over those two years. And then Derek Carr signed with the saints four years, 150 million, essentially a three year, $70 million deal as well. So those are the big names. Oh, of course, Geno Smith, three years, 105, 40 guaranteed, essentially a two-year, $75 million deal. So all of these guys got contracts where they did get paid. However, there is a team-friendly out if things don't work out for these four. And uh, I'm going to call them QB2s. Maybe Daniel Jones is pushing QB1 in uh, in fantasy football. But and If he keeps running at 700 yeah. yards a year, then yeah, he's going to be right up there. He did very well this year. I mean, Geno Smith was a QB1 this year as well. Is, is that sustainable yeah. for Geno Smith? They, like, nine-year backup who was barely in the league for a while we'll see i have some doubts but he's got everything around him and that team should only be getting better next year with additional draft capital and pieces that they're bringing in but i i I do love these qb contracts man like everybody freaks out that daniel jones is getting four-year 200 million dollar contract as it first is reported by his agent and then you really look into it it's like oh yeah that's really just a two-year 85 million dollar deal like these these quarterback deals have so much fluff in them. If they do well and they hit all of their incentives and stuff, yeah, like it can go up to that. But you're probably never hitting that for most of the quarterbacks out there unless you do turn into that like Jalen Hurts type. That's really the only type where you're ever really getting that max value of the deal. And I think the big thing with with these signings here, of course, Derek Carr, good to go. Daniel Jones, I feel like feel confident saying they're, they're not going to be bringing in a quarterback, but it does allow for the Seahawks and Raiders who both have top seven picks in this draft. The Seahawks with the, the five overall and, and uh, Raiders with seven, they both still have an opportunity to draft a rookie quarterback if they choose. So that is going to be something to monitor as well. Uh, especially since their deal does give them an out. Maybe they're going to be a bridge situation. Uh, someone's, you know, they can groom the next guy up. Geno Smith has come out vocally and even said, like, I have no problem if they want to draft a quarterback um, in the upcoming draft. So, again, that could be five overall. That could be 45. That could be 190, 256, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Jay Kaner in the sixth round. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have another Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant on the team. But uh, bottom line is that is still in the realm of possibilities. So those two aren't necessarily out of the woods yet long term in Dynasty. But for right now, I would say Geno Smith, Jimmy G, Derek Carr, all solidified, you know, QB twos, Daniel Jones, high end QB two, maybe back in QB one. Uh, do you, How do you feel about? tiering these guys how do you feel about these guys in dynasty or in fantasy right now yeah i mean if i'm gonna take these guys put them in an order it's gonna be daniel jones at the top there like you said i think really the only one with consistent quarterback one finishes in terms of fantasy football year over year with his rushing upside and he's got he was doing this without weapons last year i mean he was throwing to richie james and isaiah hodgins (laughs) they're going to add stuff to this receiving room and so i think it's I think Daniel Jones is probably in that like QB 13 range right now. He's right on the borderline of being a QB one, which sounds gross after watching his first couple of years in the league, but he turned it on this year with Dable and we'll see if he can continue to grow. Uh, so he'd be my one. Then I'd be going with Derek Carr. Cause he's got a little bit more stability there. We did also see another quarterback go there, fill up the back end role that we will be talking about later as we're recording this one late on Monday night. And so we'll talk about old uh, Jimmy Dubs, as I like to call him. It's 
probably going to keep it a mystery for most people because nobody uses that name, but I'm going to make it a thing. So I got Daniel Jones, Derek Carr. I'm going to take Geno Smith next just because of the weapons that he has there in Seattle. He's already done it while being there again. And then I'm going to have Jimmy G be the last one because both those guys are on two-year deals that they could get replaced by a quarterback. Yeah, you know, I love I love Daniel Jones getting that extension. Really, really do. Um, it gives him the opportunity to to really prove it uh, with added weapons to that team because it seems like that should happen. We'll wait and see. But outside of that, man, like you mentioned, Gino over Jimmy G. I mean, Jimmy G is going to have uh, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and you can't forget the the most important piece of of Devonte Adams to throw to. So that's a very good situation as well for Jimmy G. And he has a, a running back he can hand off or dump off to. Um, I feel like for fantasy, for at least the next year, if he's the starting quarterback, year to two. He's going to be a locked and loaded QB too. He's, he's he has to stay on the field as well. That's the that's the other part of it. Um, Derek Carr again. I, I I'm with you. I think the the order I'm good with. It's just the the weapons around. I prefer the Jimmy G and Geno weapons over what Daniel Jones and Derek Carr have. Only plus side is Daniel Jones has his legs. You know uh, the fun conversation with with Danny Dimes has been, would you take him over? Will Levis in this upcoming draft? Oh, you're gonna make me give away trade I'm secrets put, on episode. I'm gonna one? put you on the spot on, on right. episode one. Put you all on right. the spot. Well, you're gonna have to answer it too. That way, I can make these deals yeah. with you, and you can have them all hit your inbox as well. But yeah, I, I'm I'm actually gonna take Daniel Jones over Will Levis. So if you're valuing him around a pick value, I'm probably gonna throw him up there around that like 106. And I think he's actually in in discussion with all these other rookies as well. Arich being the only one that has like that legitimate high end upside, but we'll see, you know, assume draft capital. It's going to be there. I don't think there's any way he's falling out of the first round anymore after his performance at the combine. But Daniel Jones has something that like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young don't. That is that upside on the rushing game. And he's going to be in the system with Brian Dable and in a system that's going to add pieces. I like me a lot of Daniel Jones right now, and I'm probably going to pick up some shares. So if people want to hit me up and try to get them off me, go ahead. What do, you, what do you got Daniel Jones valued as it between these rookies and maybe like a pick value? Oh, man, you know, I, I think about this all the time because I feel like I could I could totally see week one that I want if I had, you know, the top three rookies of a rich Stroud, Bryce Young, I'll put Will Levis in there as well. If I had all four of those and Daniel Jones. I could totally see a world in which I just want to start Daniel Jones over all of them. Uh, that does not mean for fantasy value that I'm going to be taking Daniel Jones over every single one of them, but that is a very real possibility. So I'd say right now I'm, I have Daniel Jones over Will Levis. Um, he's going to be right there. I'd say pretty dang close neck and neck with, with Stroud and with, uh, with Bryce young um, and Anthony Richardson, but I, I will put him a tick behind that for right now. I do want to see where those three rookies land uh, and end up, but I Ray has pumped enough Daniel Jones into my brain that I've, I've just, I think I've fallen in love with Daniel Jones. So, uh, oh, <laughs> you know, that's bold. It is. But at the same time, I mean, he's, he's done so well with so little and you can only, you can paint the picture where things are only going to get better. I mean, he's, he's going to be a sneaky, sneaky pick this year in, uh, in fantasy drafts. And I think in most places he's going in, in the fourth to fifth round range, I believe, um, while I pull up the ADP here. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going, uh, in that range where it's, it's just, it's really hard for me to pass on that in the fourth round. I'm like, 
It is. And we'll probably see that go up a little bit with him securing the long-term deal. I don't know what, what you're looking at in terms of like ADP from the last month or I forget how many days now it's been. It feels like forever since that happened, but it's probably only within like the last three days here. So I think he'll, I think he'll start to creep up the boards a little bit more now that he does have the long-term contract built in with him. But I don't think Daniel Jones has hit a ceiling. Like I know that's been an argument that's been thrown around there sometimes, and it's been a discussion. I, I don't know how your ceiling is throwing to Isaiah Hodgins and the cast of characters that they had. I mean, Bellinger was good for a little bit, and then he got his eye socket broken and taken out of his skull. He's going to be back, but they're going to add pieces here. They could add a tight end in the first, second round. They could add another wide receiver in the first, second round. They can bring in a free agent as well. I mean, I I really like me some Daniel Jones, so I I think I'm actually okay going out and acquiring some shares. Just to give you an idea, this is this is super flex startup drafts with rookies included. Two hundred and nine drafts over the past month. Um, Daniel Jones is going at the six hundred three. Dear, just God. behind back to back six hundred four is Will Levis. Funny enough. So again, I don't think in most drafts he should be going that low. If he is, you're getting insane value on what could be a QB one. You have Anthony Richardson going at the 410, Tua at the 403. It feels that feels wild to me. So, like, I really do want to double check this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's the ADP that I just pulled up here. And I just that's that's wild. So, again, love me some Daniel Jones. Don't want to jump too too much on these mid these mid quarterbacks, so to speak. But, um, these four matter in, in fantasy, these four are going to matter. Uh, you're going to have them on your team, you're going to have to start them or if if you're in best ball, then you definitely got a, you know, a gold mine for Jimmy G and Geno Smith. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit of a quick thing on Jimmy G reason I've got him probably you know lowest out of all of these guys. I think Jimmy G really prospered in terms of fantasy, just because of that offense that he was playing in with Kyle Shanahan. You know, we've seen every quarterback there succeed. I think he was leading the league in uh, yards per target yards per completion. And so, I don't think that's going to continue in a Las Vegas Raiders offense that we didn't really see excel with a guy that comes pretty similarly with Derek Carr last year. Derek Carr had a pretty rough year last year. And I don't think that really things are going to be changing as far as like weapons. There's rumors that even Devontae Adams might start to try to ask out because they brought Jimmy G in as well. And they took away, you know, friend that he came there to play with Derek Carr. So Jimmy G right now, I just don't know if that efficiency for him is going to be there as it was in San Francisco. And so he is going to be my lowest until I see what he does with that new team. Plus side is there is, you know, Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator from 2012 to 2019 uh, for the New England Patriots. So I believe there was some crossover there with Jimmy G. So there's familiarity, right? Uh, Again, offense has changed quite a bit for Josh McDaniels, but there is at least familiarity and uh, hopefully that will lead to some sort of on-field success, but I totally get the hesitation at this point in time. So uh, those four went off. Uh, you mentioned, as you call him, Jimmy Dubs, uh, Jameis Winston <laughs> re-upped with New Orleans on a one-year $4 million deal, but he does have he can make up to $8 million with incentives. Uh, he opted to just become a backup. Apparently, there were no starting gigs out there for Jameis Winston. So he just decided to stick with what he knew. Uh, back up Derek Carr. He's probably, I guess, the most valuable, most interesting backup. I, I, 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely one of them. I actually just saw uh, Jimmy Dubs get dropped in a league that I was in and accidentally wow. uh, didn't get him off the waiver wire because I had the same exact bid in as the other person and I lost the tiebreaker. So unfortunately, I still do not own any Jimmy Dubs shares, but I'm looking to change that. If you all want to throw me some some Jameis, I will uh, gladly take him on some of my rosters. I, I don't know about gladly. He's going to be backing up Derek Carr in the New Orleans Saints offense. You're Derek Carr is going to be the starter unless he absolutely yeah. just implodes no and plays, you know, those pathetic games that he was putting up last year where he was scoring like three fantasy points. I don't think Jameis gets on the field unless Carr reverts to that form and stays with that form for a good while with all the guaranteed money Carr is owed. So, yep, Jameis Winston reopened with New Orleans. I mean, we've we've started to see a lot of the quarterback landing spots fill up, and there's really not that much out there in terms of a true starting gig. I think we got like Tampa as one of the few ones. Maybe you go to Arizona mm-hmm. and – you know, backup Kyler start start for Kyler the first half of the year while he's recovering from the ACL. Other than that, these positions have really started to fill up around the league, and so I think you are going to see a lot of just backup movement unless we do get some of the trades with some of the big name guys who there's been some rumors about. I mean, speaking of of I'd say big name backups. I mean, truly, the Mike freaking White Lightnings uh, went to to the dolphins on a two year, $8 million deal with 4.5 guaranteed. That has got to be the most valuable backup, right? With, with the uncertainty around Tua, there's life to Mike white. Yeah. Love me some Mike white. Uh, he, he is probably the most high leverage backup right now with, like you said, the concerns with Tua. I know they did pick up his fifth year option, but there was no reason for them not to. I don't think that gives Tua any really long-term security until he does actually get a long-term deal with the Miami Dolphins. And so we'll see what we'll see what Mike White does. If he can get on the field, this does probably actually absolutely smash um, Skylar Thompson's potential value. If you're holding on to him anywhere, I know we've, we've got him in one of the leagues that we co-manage. So uh, that's going to be a drop yeah. candidate and free up roster spot for us to go get a running back. And uh, yeah, I, I love me some Mike White, though. He's a high leverage backup and one that you're definitely going to be rostering in any super flex format. So I'm going to I'm going to blow through these other other signings because I, they don't really need to be talked about. Uh, Easton Stick uh, re-upped with the Chargers, had to had to look him up. Um, Jared <laughs> Stidham signed a two year, $10 million deal, five million guaranteed to back up uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, sounds like, you know, again, interdivision. Learn the playbook, right? Case Keenan went to the Texans. That one's a little interesting because we don't know if they are in fact taking quarterback at two. Uh, if they don't, then there's going to be a fun Case Keenum Davis Mills battle. Oh, that's not a battle. That's Case Keenum. That's Case Keenum. All right. So then, then Case Keenum might be interesting. So that one is one of note. If you have him on your roster, maybe maybe you fell into something. Um, so th- those are like the main ones. And then you mentioned Tampa Bay, uh, potentially bringing in Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield. Nothing has been finalized as of Monday night, but it seems like those are the two that are going to come in and battle with, uh, Kyle Trask. Yep. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to actually do this, but I got to go back to case Keenum. Uh, he's been a guy that I have on a lot of rosters because I like the high leverage backup potential with him being in Buffalo the last couple of years. And now I'm not I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying there's a chance that if the Houston Texans want to continue their tank job for one more year, yeah. I think Case Keenum could legitimately be the starter for this year if they do decide to go defense at the number two overall pick or if they trade back. I actually, as a Texans fan, want this to happen. Um, I know for the product on the football field probably wouldn't be that great, but Case Keenum is at least serviceable. 
And being on a $2 million deal, you can bring in a lot of free agents, get one more year, punt into next year for your rookie quarterback deal if you want to go that route, or see if Case Keenum can you know, resurface and actually become something good. That would be a little bit of a wild world as well. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm definitely rostering Case Keenum everywhere I can until they do end up picking a quarterback. Something to keep in mind, that's for sure. Now, the, the last ones that we're going to get into uh, kind of have some interesting ties. Sam Darnold signed a one-year deal to the San Francisco 49ers. We don't have the full details of this contract yet, but a one-year deal to San Francisco. Now, with Brock Purdy having his UCL repair and projecting to be ready close to the start of the season, it seemed possible and plausible that the 49ers would bring in another quarterback. Trey Lance also having some, uh, you know, coming off of his foot injury. This is just an interesting signing because Sam Darnold, top pick, got opportunity, started in, in you know, in, in, uh, in Carolina, had, had a lot of ups and downs. What does this type of signing tell you when it comes to this Trey Lance, Brock Purdy relationship slash? Yeah, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's a legitimate like he's a legitimate chance to be a starter kind of almost anywhere in the league yet. I know he's had rough years. He wasn't overly great in Carolina, but he was at least manageable in Carolina last year whenever he was getting to play. And so I'm really interested. Unfortunately, right now, we don't have the contract details. We do know it's a one-year deal for Sam Darnold, but we don't know how much money of that is going to be guaranteed, how much of it is in incentives. Look, they need they needed to bring in somebody because even though Brock Purdy, you know, there's the timeline of, oh, you could be throwing in three months. It's a UCL injury and it's a UCL repair. I know it's not full Tommy John, but it still takes a long, long time for the full arm strength to really get back up. I know there's been people coming out and saying like, oh, you get at you. I mean, he's still he only has to throw the ball five yards. Yes, but he has to throw with some velocity on an NFL football field to really complete these passes, out routes, everything like that. You can't have a guy with 70 percent arm strength going out there week one and throwing the football around. Not going to end well for you. So they did need to bring in a vet. Sam Darnold's just an interesting one because he feels like he has enough youth, maybe a little bit of upside left in the tank if he could, you know, recapture, rekindle what he was being a first round draft pick. And then he's playing in the system where we've seen every quarterback that goes in there thrive. And so it's a really good situation for Sam Darnold if he's able to start some games here. I think it's still going to be Trey Lance at the beginning of the season, but we'll see. I mean, Sam Darnold could legitimately just be the starter and I don't I haven't heard anything from San Fran on it, but, you know, in the fantasy circles, NFL circles, everybody's like, hey, why do why wouldn't you just trade Trey Lance? Like it looks like it feels like you're just kind of holding this guy hostage. Feels like it could turn into a Jordan Love situation really quickly back there. If Brock Purdy can come back and compete at a high level this year at some point during the season, it's just an interesting signing, an interesting guy to be bringing in instead of like a like like Case Keenum. Like that would have been a guy and you wouldn't have any, you wouldn't have this talk circulating right now, but Sam Darnold just has a little bit enough intrigue to where you, you start, the wheels start turning in the head and you're like, what yeah. does this actually mean? The 49ers are planning for going down this road in 2023. To me, this, this feels like, like we want to have competition for Trey Lance. Like we want to make sure that Trey Lance 
has someone competing with him throughout camp. And I feel like Sam Darnold could be the one starting the season. I feel like there's every – you can paint the picture that Sam Darnold is the starter opening day for the San Francisco 49ers. I do think they should trade Trey Lance. I don't think it's going to happen the way that the 49ers operate, but this is just another situation. There was rumors before Jimmy G signed that supposedly the 49ers were interested in bringing back Jimmy G. So, like, if this kind of stuff is true and they're out here bringing in, I don't want to call them names, but competent quarterbacks to compete, it just feels like they want to do everything they can to not have Trey Lance start. Again, might seem a little crazy, but it's kind of not. Like, it's kind of not. Yeah, man, I really want to know, like, obviously contract details will be out by the time this pod is airing. So, like, if you're looking at the contract and it's like a $10 million deal with a bunch of incentives for how much he's starting as well, like, you've got to put some more stock into it possibly happening. I don't know how much, you know, contract value Sam Darnold was going to be gathering garnering in free agency. But I could tell you he's going to get he was going to get a good contract somewhere. And I, I'm incredibly excited to see what it is. If it's just like a small one one point five million dollar deal, which isn't going to happen, but then like no. some small incentives on top of it as well, you can kind of push it to the side a little bit more, but it it's gonna come out and I think there's going to be some true panic in the dynasty streets about Trey Lance and what his future is. But yeah. good thing, I think he's going to start somewhere. I, he could be locked in and just kept as a backup, but are you really going to start paying all of these quarterbacks when Trey Lance is going into his fifth year option year? You need to figure out what you have with him. Are you going to pick that up or not? Then if you're paying Sam Darnold, another like 10 million on top of that. And you're, I mean, Brock Purdy isn't going to garner anything in terms of contract wise, because he was, a you know, Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, but you're rostering three very competent quarterbacks that could be starters somewhere. I think teams are going to come calling if they have any issues at quarterback throughout all the season on Trey Lance. I hope so. I hope for for those dynasty managers that own Trey Lance that uh, that there's some sort of resolution where he gets an opportunity, right? Like gets a fair shot. I fresh start. Like he needs it. It feels like because even if this didn't happen and Brock Purdy was there it still feels like they want Brock Purdy to start over Trey Lance. Like, you know, Ray was on the, uh, the bleacher report uh, pod that he does and asked the fans or asked everyone like the 49er fans who they want as their starting quarterback. And it was like a majority Brock Purdy. It's like, people love the guy. The other twist to this is if, if regardless, if Sam Darnold does start the year and if Sam Darnold plays well in that 49er system, Oh, the chaos. Yeah, the freaking mayhem. I I want I I just don't want anything to do with that quarterback room. I really don't. I really don't. I have Purdy in a couple places. Got him for cheap. I traded my last Trey Lance share away and, and upgraded to Jalen Hurts. Thank goodness I was able to do that. I just don't want him. Don't don't want to touch it. I'm out for now. Yeah. I mean, I know I said he was going to be starting somewhere. I don't know that he's going to be starting somewhere week one. I do believe Trey Lance at some point will get a chance to start for an NFL team again. When that's going to be, I can't project that as Ugh. of now. So if you want out of your Trey Lance shares, I could not blame you at all. If you have anybody who's still holding on to that hope, that high upside, that like quarterback 12 overall value, that back of the first round draft pick value that we were having at the at the beginning of last year, yeah, sell, sell to that guy because he's – 
he's on some hopium right there. And there's a, there's a world where he's not a starter in the NFL or playing games for like two years yet. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't know what to say right now. Like I, it's just, it's chaos. I, I'm here for it. That's what I wanted this off season. I love chaos. chaos. It's happening. So uh, speaking of chaos, there, there's two big quarterbacks, Lamar and Aaron Rodgers. Those are the last two left. Lamar obviously hit with a non-exclusive tag. Nothing coming out on him. No teams are interested. That's all we know right now. So we'll find out. Again, this is dropping Wednesday, so you will find out hopefully today what teams are interested or what the result is of, of that situation. Um, you know, he I believe Lamar has actually said he's, he's willing to p- play on the franchise tag. However, it won't be the $32 million, you know, non-exclusive. He can negotiate up to the actual uh, exclusive franchise tag number, which I believe is like 45.6 or something like in that range. He can take 0.1 less and that will be the contract he would have. Worst case scenario of him sticking around and not getting a long-term deal with a team. Yeah, will the Ravens give that full 40 million plus guarantee to him? Don't know, but it's not going to be the non-exclusive tag costs either i think yeah. he'll they'll, they'll work something out immediately and probably give him you know what daniel jones is getting probably this year which sounds absolutely ridiculous yeah. for a prior mvp candidate a team that you know you said you're trying to build around and then you ship off his wide receiver one you know you're unimaginative with the offensive coordinator for the last three years finally canned greg roman and brought in uh who, who did they bring in? Munkin, yeah, from Georgia. So hopefully the offense can be revitalized if Lamar does stay. I know we've been saying all offseason on our platforms where we're doing our content, if we've been saying Lamar is going to get traded, he's I've been saying he's not going to be on the on the Ravens this year. Yep. I think that's a much higher chance now from what we've seen transpire after the tag got placed on him every single team coming out within like an hour like it was planned with everybody from like official accounts from official beat reporters from the teams just saying hey we are not interested at all in Lamar I think it has to actually become a real possibility that he does end up just not getting a deal from anybody because nobody wants to pay him that fully guaranteed money that fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson contract set that precedent in we'll see but I still think that I still think in my heart that he's going to be playing somewhere else. I'm with you. I've been, I've been preaching Atlanta for the longest time. I I still feel like that window is open, but man, it's just a, it's a cluster of a situation. Like it really, really is. You know, you got to give up two firsts. Uh, If you don't have a first this year, you can't negotiate with him until after the 2023 draft. Or you can negotiate directly with the team on a trade for Lamar. So you don't have to have both of your first in order to do that aspect. But you can't negotiate with Lamar because he's his own agent. And so you can't can't actually negotiate with him unless you have those picks. Just a wild situation, right? Like it's... It's chaos. Like this is like I said, this is what I'm here for. Exactly. I'm here for the chaos. Yeah, I think we've so, only seen the situation play out like one other time where he's actually yeah. where somebody has actually picked up that non-exclusive tag, paid the two firsts, and then signed the team to or signed the player to a different team. Only once in NFL history that anybody can like find it. I forget. I think that was like a running back or something that somebody did it for back in the day, <laughs> which would never happen to, in today's nope. market. But It'll be it'll be interesting with Lamar. I mean, what, whatever the case, hopefully, you know, he's he's I guess said that he will be playing if they tag him and he's 
still on the tag that he will be playing if they can you know come to an agreement for the one term or one year deal. I still have concerns about that as well. I think he can kind of hold the Ravens hostage a little bit, at least for a majority of the season, and then play the games that he needs to to get his contract year up and flipped over and to become a true free agent unless they tag him again next year. But I still I still love Lamar. I'm still buying all of my Lamar shares. Comfortable owning him everywhere, but there there is some there is some risk that's starting to form with these teams coming out and saying they're not at all interested in him. Yeah, I feel like, you know, just talking about the fantasy impact, I'm just not worried. Uh, if you find a manager that's worried about him holding out, buy him. I, I don't think you're going to get a, you know, a major discount. But if you can, uh, if you have a panicked manager on a contending team, it's like, oh, I can't really have Lamar miss time. It would be detrimental to my team. Trade for Lamar Jackson. He is going to play football. He's going to play football this year. I, I, I've with every ounce in my body of 99.99999% sure that he is going to play football because he wants to make sure that he gets that vested year. I don't know if he's going to play in December again, but, (laughs) but we'll find out, right? Like he's going to play football this year. And um, I hope it's not for the Ravens, just for everyone involved. Just start it, start a new, Get, get, get what you can in the trade package, whether it's the two first start over, you know, Baltimore, give Lamar the opportunity to have a fresh contract, feel good about the organization. So that's pretty much at where where I'm at with Lamar right now. Yep. Hopefully we don't have to bring you up on old takes exposed on our first episode here. Once we get to the 2023 league year, (laughs) that'd be a bad way to kick it off. But hopefully, you know, we're, we're, we've been doing this podcast for so long. Nobody even remembers that you even just said that there's with every fiber of your being, (laughs) but only last thing with Amar that I, I want to bring up because I don't think we actually dropped this show whenever we were talking about it is the Washington commanders conspiracy theory with Lamar. And it, it only takes, it only takes one team to actually say that they are willing to do this. I think somebody is going to break. And there's even the conspiracy theory with the commanders that Dan Snyder is being forced out as a league owner, and it's the league owners who don't want to be giving out these fully guaranteed contracts Mm -hmm. because they have to put that fully guaranteed money into escrow, into an account, and never see it again until it's paid to the player over the length of their contract. Dan Snyder being forced out probably isn't too happy with all those other NFL owners that are doing this to him right now, and we'll see. I think he's going to be selling the team. It sounds like it's not going to be this year, but probably next year that he's going to be forced to. Would be this year if he was actually willing to sell to Jeff Bezos, but for some reason, because they've got some personal beef, he's not going to do it. Okay, whatever. But on his way out, does the last thing that he really does to put his mark on the NFL is say, hey, I don't care. I'll put the money in and then it'll be negotiated out whenever the franchise is taken over that I can get that money that I put into escrow back. Will I pay the two first, give Lamar that fully guaranteed contract and ruin these quarterback contracts for the rest of the league, for the rest of the history of the NFL. I would love the chaos. I would actually love the fit there for him going there as well with Eric Bieniemy becoming the OC. He was rumored to be the possible OC at Baltimore as well before he ended up taking the commander's mm-hmm. job. You've got head coach Ron Rivera that's worked with Cam Newton before, could easily scheme an offense that could mimic that very similarly. You got good weapons and Dotson and Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. I I would love the situation. I'd love the chaos. Probably wouldn't be great long-term for the NFL, but those that's that's for the owners to deal with. We just get to watch Lamar play, play on a different <laughs> team. I want it to happen. 
And it's no better way to improve the value of your franchise than have a franchise quarterback, right? So it it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Scott Connor was talking about this where there's actually a date. It may be after the draft that if, if the commanders did do that, he can actually trade, you know, do the sign and trade fully guaranteed. However he wants to give up those two first. And he doesn't have to put any of his own money in escrow it's not due until the next league year so fun little twist there if he's able to actually sell before the next league year he doesn't even have to put any of his own money in. he could just you know gamble for 300 plus days and, and hope for the best but that would be a wild scenario yeah i'm I, like i said i'm here for it I'm love, totally here for love it. the chaos of free agency, man. The NFL is a nonstop media production machine, and we are definitely here for it. Happy to bring this all to you. Last one of note hasn't happened yet, but Aaron Rodgers uh, apparently was a, a New York Jet. Everyone was saying, oh, yeah, the trade's basically done. And all of a sudden the trade wasn't done. And then everyone's getting really annoyed on their on their TV interviews, like, how come this isn't done yet? How come this isn't finalized? Some were saying it's because Aaron Rodgers is trying to recruit some of his old, you know, players to his new destination, which supposedly is the New York Jets. And then you see what was it, a video of uh, Rasul Douglas with Aaron Rodgers or coming out to talking about Aaron Rodgers. And, and basically saying it's like, yeah, like we got Aaron's number. Like he knows how we feel about him. Like this is just this is Aaron Rodgers, right? Like this is what you expect every offseason until that man is no longer playing football. And part of me hopes that starts soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the center of the tension because the media can't stop talking about him. We're trying to break deals before they even happen to be the first one out there. I, I don't think that's Aaron Rodgers' fault that you know Dove Kleiman goes out there and breaks premature news about this guy but we'll see maybe he you know maybe Aaron Rodgers does really want to be the center of attention and just fed him that little nugget of like hey I'm gonna be signing and then just takes it back and says nope whoops oh wait and you know I I might potentially be signing here and we might potentially have a deal I I do like all these guys that he's apparently recruiting to come with him to go play in New York Aaron Rodgers obviously loves his guys. He's got people that he trusts in the league and he wants those teammates. Obviously you're going to be looking at like the 33 year old Randall Cobb being one of those. If they can bring him in, they cut Braxton Berrios there in uh, at the jets. So they, I guess they need a couple of guys to fill in. You could get uh Mercedes Lewis back for his 18th year in the league at age 39. I believe he'd be going into, which is absolutely <laughs> wild to even think about that. Mercedes Lewis was drafted in 2006 with Maurice Jones drew to the Jaguars back in the day. (laughs) That's just, I found that one today while looking at it. I was like, that this can't be real. Like I I legitimately think there's an air in Spo track right now, but no, it's legitimate. And so we'll see if Mercedes Lewis will lace him up with a rod one more time. Uh, The one that I've heard that I haven't really heard any of the fantasy community talking about yet. There's rumors that it's potentially Adam Thielen that he's trying to drum up to go with him to the mm. Minnesota from the Minnesota Vikings to the New York Jets as well. I think that'd be really fun. And then, you know, you've got some of the guys like Odell. You know, maybe they bring back A B to be with A Rod. Maybe he can oh, you know, God. <laughs> I don't don't think that one's gonna happen. I think they've got their right receiving core pretty set up there in New York. So I think it's just gonna be ancillary pieces. But hey. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the center of media attention until this does eventually end. And he's still going to be the center of media attention because Aaron Rodgers likes to mess with the media and kind of just yank their chain a little bit and play at their heartstrings all the time. So um, 
you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's a good quarterback. I know his play last year wasn't, but he was a back-to-back MVP before that. So I, li- I like Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be a very good situation if he can go to the Jets. We'll see. I think he just kind of has both of them right now in their court, and he's, they're playing by his rules, playing by his timeline, and he's going to do what's best for him. And so we'll, we'll figure it out eventually what's going to happen. There's still a possibility he could retire from everything that he's coming out and saying. So <laughs> I don't know, but I think at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers will be a New York Jet. The one thing I do know is if the New York Jets swing and miss on Aaron Rodgers this offseason, everyone else is pretty much is in a landing spot. Like you can go get Carson Wentz. You know, I mean, like you can go trade for Ryan Tannehill if you really want to. Maybe Matt Stafford, right? Matt Stafford's on the block. They they threw him on the block there uh, in L.A. So maybe there is a backup plan just in case they can't figure it out with Aaron Rodgers. But uh, yeah, obviously, A.A. Ron is going to be the center of attention until he makes his decision and uh, gets this put in the books. But uh, any last things you want to touch on with day one of tampering? That's going to do it for all of the news that we have on day one. Now we're going to roll through the day two news really quickly, rapid fire style here before we get on out of here. We got Philip Dorsett inking a deal with the Las Vegas Raiders, Noah Brown going from the Dallas Cowboys to the Houston Texans in free agency, Jacoby Myers signing one of the bigger term deals that we've seen from the wide receiver position going to the Las Vegas Raiders, and Alan Lazard pushed by his contract negotiator Aaron Rodgers to go to the New York Jets and potentially play with him if he's able to sink his deal later on March 15th. Smaj P. Ryan is going to become a Denver Bronco on a two-year deal over there. Boston Scott re-ups for another year with the Philadelphia Eagles, who is shortly followed after by Rashad Penny, who is on a two-year deal to play for the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson both re-signed in Miami, so one of the prime landing spots for rookies is taken off the board. Darren Waller was traded to the New York Giants for the pick that was before traded for Kadarius Toney. The Colts are going to cut Matt Ryan, it seems, before the new league year opens up. Taylor Heineke is on his way down to Atlanta to potentially compete with Desmond Ritter for the starting job down there if they don't draft anybody. Andy Dalton is on his way to Carolina to potentially be the backup and veteran presence for whoever is taken at the 101 overall if Carolina does hold on and make that pick. And last but not least, Aaron Rodgers will be on the Pat McAfee show later today as y'all are hearing this, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to discuss his future in the NFL, presumably going to play with the New York Jets. And with that, I think that is it. I absolutely love being here. I think this was a good first show covering one of the most exciting times of the NFL calendar that's not actually football being played other than maybe like the draft. I think this is one of my favorite days whenever the legal tampering period does open. Get these deals inked on Wednesday. You know, we always have our one that actually gets revoked and the player doesn't actually sign the deal whenever the legal tampering period is over. So maybe we get that. Maybe we see, you know, Jimmy Dubs actually gets offered a contract that's not. I hate it already. (laughs) Jameis Winston. That nickname has got to go. All right. I, I, I won't. I won't. I won't hurt your ears with that one anymore, but I'll he will ever forever be that name in my heart. And so, you know, maybe he gets offered a bigger deal because everybody's like, Hey, that doesn't look like a contract that Jameis Winston should be getting. Maybe we offer him a little bit more and he revokes the deal that he has with the saints. We'll see. It's going to be an exciting time and can't wait for this day to actually come on Wednesday and get back into football. And then we have our off period until the draft. We get to talk about all these landing spots for a little while. Yeah, man. Uh, fun for show. 
a good little dip the toes in the water for everyone to kind of get to know us a little bit. You know, we won't, we will be covering, of course, everything NFL. Uh, we are focused on dynasty. Uh, I'm in 50% best ball leagues and lineup leagues. So we're going to dive into a lot of best ball content and lineup content as well. Uh, you know, we have the roster construction series for best ball that uh, Mike and Adam over at 4D are doing you know, teaming up with Scott Connor of Destination Dynasty. So you can check out that podcast that's been going on. They've done the quarterback, wide receiver, sorry, quarterback, tight end, wide receiver. I believe they're doing tight end this week. I don't know. All four of them, they're going to have the full roster construction series. Scott Connor's already done the lineup uh, version of that as well a month back. So you definitely need to check out those. Um, a lot of fun. We're going to be doing a lot of things as well uh, here with Destination Devi Radio and on our platform of the Fantasy Draft Room over on YouTube. We do a ton of mock drafts, checking out the actual startup drafts as well. And we're going to be doing a ton of things with Underdog and uh, doing some best ball you know, lineup things as we uh, this offseason goes on. So anything you want to add about what we're going to be doing here on this podcast? Yeah, I think you covered most of it. Drafts all the time. Our main channel is the Fantasy Draft Room. We'll be bringing you, maybe we'll bring some of those drafts into here as well, covering them on the pod, pod platform. But, you know, we've got those dropping two, three times a week over there. We've got player highlights. We've got rookie analysis on the upcoming draft. I'm sure we'll be, you know, we've, we've been doing these pretty consistently for better part of a year now all the way through last season. And it's been it's been a hell of a lot of fun, but nothing, nothing that we've done yet can compare to the yeah, privileged honor of being able to be on Destination Debbie Radio. I mean, like you said, we 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 met in the Heisman chat, and that's where we formed a lot of our dynasty intellect over the last year. And it, it's been a it's been a hell of a time. Cannot believe that you know days finally come that we're able to drop to y'all <laughs> on here. But just excited, happy to be here, and continue bringing y'all content. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash all gas. If you're in that Heisman tier, the access that you get, the the daily content, the the way it's going to shape how you dynasty is unparalleled to any fantasy football community there is. No questions about it. Um, just constant conversation, questioning how we're doing things, making sure we improve our process. And that's for everybody that's in there. This is just a daily thing. And then the player analysis, the rookies, you know, seeing the film studies that, that Ray does incredible, incredible stuff. And I, I just can't say enough about, about what, uh, what is going on over at DD. And there's going to be incredible things to come here in 2023 as well. A lot is going to be rolled out. So you got to be tapped in patreon.com forward slash all gas. Any last things to bring up before we wrap out? Uh, legitimately best place out there. I legitimately sit in that Heisman house, Heisman house voice chat, like a hundred plus hours a month. I think I totaled it up one time and that was just my rough guess of it. Probably more than that sometimes, which is way too much, but unparalleled access, unparalleled content that you can consume. If you really do maximize it to its full potential, well worth whatever price you're paying to get in there. But again, thank you one more time. Hope you tune back in next week whenever we're going to be dropping these shows weekly. I think Wednesday is going from here on out. And I think yes, that's sir. all I got. Unless you got anything else, wrap us on out of here, Chase. Nope, that is it. Episode one is in the books. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Overreaction Podcast.